right. All right. We'll give everyone a minute to join. Thanks a lot for tuning in to our, our first edition of Digging Into the Job Market uh, here at LinkUp uh, for actually about the last 20 years, I guess we've been uh, in the uh, recruitment advertising and, and human capital uh, environment providing um, really unprecedented clarity into uh, labor demand in the U.S. Um, for the last, Toby, did you start publishing your non-farm payroll in 2012? 2009. Okay, 2009. So uh, since 2009, Toby's been publishing his, uh, his non-farm payroll estimates every month. Have you missed a month? No. Never missed a month. All right. Uh, so we decided, uh, you know, and, and we've kind of stepped up uh, selling uh, our, our job market data to the capital markets, uh, corporations, and, and human capital organizations uh, in the last five years in particular. Um, and we've published monthly and quarterly insights uh, in addition to Toby's non-farm payrolls and our monthly jolts uh, forecasts, which are about a, a month ahead of the official release. And so what we wanted to do here today is uh, just start um, kind of an informal informal podcast uh, or webinar, Zoom. Conversation. Uh, an informal conversation uh, about job market data, um, especially given all the attention there is lately on inflation and all the different metrics that come with. And this week with, uh, with Chair Powell's kind of two days in Congress, um, you know, he even mentioned, obviously, looking at the data more and more to kind of see where they go next with rate hikes and things. Uh, we were also excited last week to have Link Up cited in the Wall Street Journal, um, kind of a, an, an interesting piece that Toby highlighted in his blog post uh, this week. And then obviously tomorrow is our, our favorite day of the month, uh, Jobs Friday. So um, with that, I guess we can give a quick introduction. I'm Tom Oshmacher. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer here at LinkUp. I've been with the company uh, about eight years. Uh, joined in 2014, kind of more on the recruitment advertising side of our kind of the legacy business. Uh, and I've been working in, with job market data more specifically for the last uh, five years. Uh, and obviously, I'm joined by Toby Dayton, our CEO. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I'm looking forward to the conversation. I think this has been a long time coming. As, as Tom said, we've been uh, providing our, our commentary around the job market for over a year or over 10 years. And um, while that's been great, we've we've uh, also been featured and guests on podcasts and webinars um, for, for a long time, and particularly in sort of COVID uh, and post-COVID, when the focus on the job market, it's always been strong, but it really, really picked up uh, in, in sort of uh, COVID and then coming out of and into a post-COVID world. So we've always been, um, you know, enjoyed having conversations around the job market, but we've always been guests on that. So we figured uh, it was time to finally uh, start our own uh, podcast or webinar, or whatever this may turn into and, and uh, have a conversation around that and be able to uh, sort of uh, dive in a little bit more deeply than we have in, in written form uh, and in other people's uh, forums and, and sort of do it ourselves. So uh, this is, uh, Bear with us, be patient, and uh, we'll sort of see how this evolves over time. But we're uh, definitely looking forward to the conversation. Great. Thanks, Toby. 
So I'm not sure where we want to start today. There's obviously, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, maybe I'll just give kind of quick introduction to our our data sure. and how we go about collecting it, who we are. Um, and then I think the goal is not necessarily for this to be, you know, an advertisement uh, for LinkUp. Uh, if you ever want a better pitch, uh, feel free to give me a call and we'll set you up. Uh, but basically, LinkUp, we have been sourcing jobs direct and exclusively from employer websites since we got our start in, in 2007. Um, so um, what we do is every night we go out to tens of thousands of employer websites and pull down the, the, the job listings. So we have really unique insight into just like a direct reflection of what's on an employer's website at any given time um, for some employers for the, the last 15 years. Um, we make that data available through a variety of different products and solutions, um, you know, through various platforms, FTP, Snowflake, all different kinds of things. So again, uh, don't need to drive too much into our, our products and our actual data, but all of, you know, a lot of our conversation will be um, driven from that standpoint. So um, from that data, we, we, we produce uh, our monthly recaps every month, um, typically within the first week of a month will reflect on what we saw in the labor market last month uh, in the US from a macro perspective. So jobs up, jobs down by, you know, at a macro level, state level, industries and occupations. Um, we try to keep our commentary there to a minimum and just present the facts. Uh, and then we quarterly will publish our economic indicator report, which is uh, essentially a recap of the recaps with uh, a lot of additional insight. Um, and then while we keep our commentary down in some of those uh, those official reports, Toby has his, his blog posts every month uh, looking at non-farm payrolls. Um, so maybe it makes the most sense, Toby, just to jump in kind of on, on February job numbers, kind of what we're expecting to see there and how that, you know, how that is similar and different from some other estimates. Yeah, it is a good place to start and, and sort of extrapolating a little bit on your, your comments sort of on the nature of our job data. I think um, one of the things that's been uh, interesting and come into focus is, is and it was highlighted, and as Tom mentioned in a journal article last week that talked about our data with Indeed and ZipRecruiter versus the what was uh, the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, what they were showing in their, their uh, monthly jolts data and the differences and sort of why those might uh, be the case in, in terms of the differences in all those uh, three providers, indeed ZipRecruiter and us, it's it's private sector and it's job listings. Ours is a little bit different from those other two. And that, as Tom said, we're only indexing jobs directly from company websites. Indeed and ZipRecruiter are primarily focused on labor demand from job boards um and um what they're seeing there so there is there's some significant differences between the three of us but all three of us show um and and particularly zip recruiter and us show far steeper declines in labor demand over the last uh, year or so than than what the bls is reporting so that difference uh between what we're showing and what government uh, sort of uh, quote unquote official data is showing is is coming into uh, very sharp focus and the journal article and then in the New York Times, uh, Krugman uh, also commented on sort of the growing questions and reliability of official data. So so the nature of where we're sourcing our data from is, is particularly relevant in this conversation. So going in a little bit, I think one of the things that was kind of interesting and one of the, the reasons why a conversation like this, I think, is is valuable is that 
we we are there's sort of two parts to what we're seeing right now in the job market and and the first is that labor demand is dropping it has dropped significantly since last spring really starting about last march right about when the fed started hiking uh rates up to to uh cool down uh, inflation and and sort of uh, temper the economy that has proven to be very effective um, in, in lots of different ways. Uh, inflation has come down, but and, and labor demand has come down. And the job market in particular has been a huge area of focus in, in sort of what's driving that inflation and what's also been uh, proven to be pretty tough to get down at the levels that the Fed wants and needs it to be to, to get inflation to their 2% target. But the labor market has definitely cooled uh, since then. So that was really the the focus of the journal's piece last week, and and obviously is is not surprising um, uh, from our standpoint. The official data has not reflected that quite as much, but from our standpoint, there's been no doubt that labor demand has cooled. The second part of the story, though, is one that the journal kind of missed last week: is that we still see very very strong, healthy job growth, uh, certainly for February. We saw it in January with the jobs report of uh, over 500,000 jobs that surprised everybody to the upside. And in fact, the last 10 jobs reports have surprised to the upside. So the, the job market has been very, very strong and we expect it to be uh, very, very strong to uh, tomorrow's jobs report for February and, and going forward. I think that's in some ways sort of the crux of, of this conversation. It's really a two-part two-part story. The first is that labor demand and the job market is, is cooling off, but it is still very, very hot and, and very, very strong. And we expect to see that in tomorrow. There's a good piece by Justin Lahart in the journal this morning who said it's sort of like saying that a you know 93 degree day is cooled down from a 98 degree day. And, and that's a perfect sort of explanation of what the, what's going on in the job market these days. Yeah. That's interesting. I think, you know, in, in your blog, you went into a little bit in like, um, you know, into kind of some of the more of that discrepancy of like, we're seeing jobs falling, but we're still saying there's going to be an increase. How much of that do you think is based on what they're saying around like how responding to these government surveys is just really like falling off? And so is that like, is that more kind of the, the private estimates coming down? Should that should the Fed look at that more, or like I guess what 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 is the like why does it matter so much that we're seeing these declines? We're saying that there are going to be stronger numbers. Like when are those two kind of going to like fall in line? Do you think? Yeah, that that's that uh, that's a tough question. I think that's really hard to know. I think that our view has been. I think and I think that you know generally speaking, the Jolts trend line is there a little bit. They the the you know, Jolts data, the job openings are down. Uh, they dropped in January down to ten point eight million from eleven two in December. They're down from twelve million last year. Mm -hmm. um, you know that so so the trend lines are are true i think the sort of raw numbers are where we have a little bit of an issue and i think um it's 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 not for from our standpoint i don't think it's showing the steepness of the decline that we're seeing and there's any number of reasons why that's the case i think the uh, people do point to sort of decline in survey responses the the 
sort of oddities associated with the with the post-COVID world and and maybe you know a little bit on their survey methodology and those kinds of things. So I think there's legitimate questions around what that means um, and and sort of how much reliability there is around that data. I do expect that over time, the, the decline in demand is going to translate over time in the future into smaller and smaller job gains. The, the big question is when that's actually going to start to happen. And I think it's 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 it it will happen as long as things continue on the track they're on. So eventually there'll be some convergence between our data, BLS data, and then eventually that translating into jobs numbers. That's sort of the million dollar question is when and, and what's the Fed going to do in the meantime between now and when they get there and how patient can they be along the way? I mean, I think what we've been saying for really the past year or so is that this huge sort of bid-ask spread between employers and employees has really been the driver of um, you know, this imbalance between supply and demand of workers has been really the driving factor in wages going up, employers essentially pulling out all the stops to attract people back into the workforce, fill the job, their job openings to meet this insatiable demand for goods and services in the post-COVID world. That bid-ask spread has, has narrowed considerably Partially because demand has fallen in terms of job openings, it's still very strong, but it has come down a little bit, but mostly because all of the wages uh, that have increased have really essentially been very, very effective in bringing people back into the workforce and increase that supply. So that is, you know, this, it's happened slowly over time, maybe you know, more slowly than people expected. Um, and I think, um, you know, wages have with, with that narrowing and that greater equilibrium and the narrowing spread between supply and demand, I think that, um, that has been, um, uh, it, it has been very effective. Uh, we're sort of over the peak of that wages have started to, to moderate. They're still high, but they have been, uh, they have moderated. So again, I think it's, how patient can the Fed be, and when are they going to start to see inflation come down at the rate they want? And I think, you know, unfortunately, with our forecast for for February tomorrow, a number of you know, if we're right and the jobs come in at three hundred sixty-five thousand net gain, which is what we're forecasting, that is almost double uh, the consensus estimate. That's gonna that's gonna make it even harder and harder for the Fed to to keep at this quarter point yeah. uh, hike that they've been signaling. So it's that's that's why there's so much attention on the job market uh, these days, because it's really what is pretty much everybody is focused on almost uh, you know, solely. Yeah, it's it's funny to look at, you know, obviously everybody's trying to find like the kind of carrying the coal mine or whatever, however you want to put it. But yeah, I think how how patient can the Fed be is kind of a, a good way of thinking about it when like because uh, you know private private estimates for job numbers are coming down you know the public figures are still strong i mean but even adp is saying over a consensus of 202 there what 240 260 something like that and then the you know the other news this week is that you know quits um quits are up you know the week ending march 4th we're up you know people had estimated around 195 came in at 211 
So, you know, more, more folks filing for unemployment, jobs coming down, but then you also see there was that other story in the journal this week, I think maybe just yesterday, about women returning to the workforce. Um, I thought that was a really interesting story too. Um, more and more women returning to the workforce and in the more like in the service sectors. But there was an interesting part of that too, because I think about service sector, I think of, you know, like caring for people or working in a restaurant or, you know, those kinds of things. But there was a lot of it talking about how, you know, my wife is a, a nurse and she's been staying home with, you know, during the pandemic and she's thinking about going back to work. And there was a, a, a part of that story talking about how a nurse wanted to return to work, but she, but she didn't want to go back to the facility. So even she has found a way to work from home um, for an online position, you know, reviewing insurance claims, something like that. So it's interesting to see where the, where the roles kind of transition in, in today's economy as, as people return, return to work. But. And I, I think that's those two stories. I, I, I agree. They were, they were perfect insights into what's happening in, in the job market in, in, in a lot of ways. I think this, process of of wages going up and slowly bringing people back into the workforce and increasing supply that's where the you know all the job gains have been powered from that but it it takes time it takes people just you don't get that very quickly and we we've you know you asked to start sort of how long we've been looking at our data and forecasting non-farm payrolls and We've been doing it for over 10 years and have a lot of experience and saw a lot of things, you know, following the financial crisis and sort of the jobless recovery. And then in an environment, finally, when jobs started coming back in sort of 2013, 14, 15, and then we started getting into what was then regarded as a full employment environment in sort of 16, 17, 18, sort of in that era. There are a lot of things that were really uh, interesting to watch the dynamics of of how you how how the economy uh, works in an, in a in an environment like that. So there are a lot of similarities. There are also a huge number of differences. That was very much a demand driven phenomena, and and this has been entirely a supply driven phenomena this time around. So it's it's really interesting. But so the the supply comes back slowly, and I think in a lot of ways that. That quits one that you mentioned is is a is a really interesting thing because the people that quit and find a new job that's where a lot of the wage inflation is coming from and that's you know, the stats that, that, that the article cited and people have been focused on is that people who quit are seeing about you know just under eight percent inflation versus you know, sort of five to six percent inflation for people who stay on their job so inflation is going up across the board. But people who quit and get a new job are really where that's being driven. And it's happening in that sort of low-wage sector, wage, you know, leisure and hospitality and service sector. Similarly, for where women are coming back into the workforce is another perfect example of where it just takes time for people to come back into if they, if they had left in the in the COVID environment for any number of reasons, health concerns, you know taking care of kids, taking care of parents, whatever the case might be, that it it takes time for people to come to the decision that they need to go back into the into the workforce or want to. It's either wages or they found a better job or they, you know, they're nervous in that, as that article pointed out, nervous about potentially their spouse getting laid off as the as the fear of recession has increased a little bit. 
people are starting to think, okay, now it's it's time to go back to work and find it. And there are more opportunities out there and they can get the wages that they want and need to see as they go back. So those things are all really tied together and it's just part of this slow churn that has um, really, uh, you know, over time gotten us to where we are. And I think people are oftentimes uh, sort of overlook the dynamics of real lives and real people and how long it takes for things to happen in, in that macro sense and, you know, across the entire economy. Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> I know one thing we were talking about the other day is, you know, everybody's talking about the soft landing versus, you know, versus the recession and all that. And I, the, the story in the journal about women returning to the workforce and yeah, like, yeah, you know, worried about layoffs, worried about changes, you know, um, I don't know if we want to jump into like various sectors at all. I don't, I, I didn't look at uh, the S&P 500 link up jobs index ahead of this. Uh, maybe I should have, and that wasn't a product placement. Uh, it might, might have sounded like it. Um, but I, there was an economist, and I, um, I think Julie Pollack, the, the chief economist at Zip, actually speaking of Zip and Indeed, I think I heard her on NPR yesterday say that jobs in the construction sector are down like 50% this year. And that's kind of like the, the biggest warning sign, you know, of, of a, an impending recession. But I'm curious, and this is more of my own, like, you know, and I'm just not sure. I haven't, you know, 08, 09 was a little before my time. I mean, Thanks I'll, a lot. I mean, it's certainly a lot. But um, aging myself, talking about. <laughs> but like, is that kind of where do we see that? Like, if, if there's something like that happening where construction jobs are falling off and, you know, and I don't want to talk too much about like gender stereotypes, but like, you know, if, if, if more men or husbands are worried about losing their jobs and layoffs in tech where it's mostly male, male dominated and construction and things like that, and then more women kind of stepping in and coming back into the workforce and the evolution of those roles. So it's not just the typical service sector, it's kind of the, the evolution of that service sector. What, like, how does that play out? Do you think? I mean, does that kind of like swoop in and replace those, or is it additive? And that's kind of where we see. That's where we say, like, "Hey, Powell, be a little patient." Like, what is that? Yeah, I, I think that it it it's obviously hugely critical on a lot of things that you mentioned there. There's, and and I think it's. I'll, I'll come back to some of the specifics there in a second, but broadly speaking, I think in in a lot of ways there are so many different threads, so many different narratives that go on when you look at something as massive as the U.S. economy and the U.S. workforce and the changes there, that in any environment, that there's just so many different kinds of things to look at and try to get a sense of what's happening in the larger sense. And, and then once you lift up the hood, how do you sort of really get at what's what's driving changes that are going on? And uh, then when you layer on top of that, just this massive tectonic shift that's happened uh, with COVID and, and coming out of COVID and what, what are sort of temporary changes, what are more permanent changes that are going on, I think it's, it's just maximum, uh, and, and it, sort of as, as Cartman said in his Times piece last week, the fog of trying to understand uh, not just inflation, but you could just say in general, sort of what's what's happening across the entire economy. I think one of those you pointed to in terms of housing, not only is there sort of a gender issue and, and tech, certainly those have been you know, hard hit uh, in, in, in the recent past on, on both fronts. I think one of the questions is in, in a, in a, in a 
in, at a time when interest rates are being uh, are rising, what does that do to the housing market? Obviously, there's there's no question it's having a huge impact. And you look at across it, and uh, the housing market is is really you know been been impacted very significantly. What happens there in terms of I I think in a lot of ways the long term effects are it's always an unknown sort of when does that start to manifest itself and potentially a ripple effect into in a recession i think that uh some of the commentary in the last you know month or two has been this perpetual resetting of this uh, recession is coming in six months and about every you know every month it's yeah. six months from now six months from now and part of that i think is that the some of those isolated sectors have not had that ripple effect that people expected to see. And, and housing's a good example, even tech, you know, there were just tons of layoffs that started to happen in, in uh, tech companies um, that were laying people off. And people were expecting that that was going to start to create this sort of uh, wave of, of layoffs. And it, they've, they've been there and they get they grab a lot of headlines and the numbers seem large. But when you think about the, the size and scope of the U.S. economy and the, the workforce, it just they've really been, you know, they're really immaterial and they just have not had that that ripple effect. Um, and even. Even the declines in the S and P 500, which we we do track closely, uh, we've, we've got a partnership with S and P where we built a jobs index, labor demand index around the S and P 500, and pretty much every sector has come down just in in a very significant way. I think literally utilities is like the only sector that's gone up at all since last spring. Energy is about flat. Everything else is down quite a bit, and and communication, serv uh, communication services and, and IT have been down just crazy amounts. But what's happened is uh, with those layoffs and with that decline, those people are very high demand, very, very skilled labor, and, and certainly in tech jobs, they've been, they've been, you know, found jobs very, very, very quickly. And again, that's part of what's uh, created this environment of greater equilibrium between supply and demand when people get laid off and they get rehired again. Those companies that have been desperate to find that very, very high demand talent, they find those jobs and then they're they're sort of they find their job and the, the person that got laid off finds a job and all of a sudden it just keeps narrowing that gap, which is uh, where again one of the big themes that we've been articulating in our commentary over the last year is that this this soft landing is happening it is uh the labor demand has come down 20 25 percent employment's remained strong unemployment has remained flat to even down and it is happening the question is is it happening fast enough uh, for the fed and i think our answer is unfortunately it's probably not uh, for them, but it's it's too bad because the current trajectory, while inflation is painful for you know everybody and and certainly low income parts of the uh, of the country, low income earners, it is tough. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But I guess the you know the, the the question is, and this is really the debate that's starting to happen, is what's sort of the trade off of inflation versus uh, you know severe pain and, and much higher employment and losing you know two plus million jobs and that's really was 
some of the focus this week in Powell's testimony in, in front of Congress was that trade-off specifically. And it's it's a really tough question um, and certainly at the forefront of what everybody's focused on these days. Yeah, no, it's interesting that, yeah, there was that, that other journal piece this week about yeah, why the recession is always is always six months away. And that's interesting to see too, even when we, we often talk about the, you know, the predictiveness uh, much to our colleague John's uh, chagrin, the predictiveness of uh, of job listings data, but you know, talking about employment or construction job listings being down by almost fifty percent, but yet we haven't seen a huge drop in construction jobs. You know, they're still playing catch up. Um, so I, there there are a lot of things that'll be really interesting to see over time. You know, um, seasonality is different than it's ever been. Um, with inflation, you know, yeah, the, the the jobs that could be lost, they could be replaced with, you know, that bid-ask spread, you know, minimizing. Um, so certainly, will be really interesting to see what happens in the in the next like, you know, six months, I guess. Yeah, one of the other things too is is sort of how how fast are some of those post-COVID factors going to, you know, are what is going to as the dust settles in this, in I, I think in a lot of ways, we are settling into that sort of post-COVID new normal and sort of what are the permanent shifts there that are, have happened and and what what kinds of things are gonna sort of revert back to some you know, pre-COVID norm. I think in a lot of ways, uh, you know, the most obvious one is remote work and, and sort of what that has done and will do going forward in terms of, employment and, and liquidity into the job market, the ability for people to have a lot more, um, you know, access to a lot more employment opportunities working remote uh, than ever before is, is really an interesting dynamic. And certainly while we're seeing some of that now, I think that's going to be a huge area of focus and, and study and, and sort of watching and seeing how that actually manifests itself in unemployment and, and, uh, job growth and, and wage inflation, how employers deal with that, productivity numbers. There's all kinds of things that I think we're in the very, very early stages of understanding how that's all gonna play out in, in a macro sense in, in the job market and, and in the economy as a whole. Yeah, definitely. Great. Excellent. Well, I think that's, I think that's about good for our first time. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on before we? No, I think this is, uh, so this is something I think we'll, we'll end up doing at least on a monthly basis. Uh, we may end up doing it more frequently. I think we'll, uh, schedule these the week, uh, the week of jobs Friday every month for sure. Uh, we may, uh, we, we may end up bringing different guests, uh, different, uh, we've got a, a data science team, uh, here in the company. Uh, we may bring some people into so so this will evolve over time but uh, we hope it's it's uh, valuable to people and hopefully we are providing some insights into the job market uh, that are uh, you know available through a data set like ours and uh, hope people find value in it yeah thanks so much we'll look forward to the to the jobs report tomorrow and we'll we'll talk to you all again in a month excellent all right thank you